Today on Podcast by the Bay, we're taking you out to dinner for some great conversation and some great Thai food at our discussion meetup. Looking at it from a first principles perspective, the, the narrative that is sort of constantly pushed around, be it healthcare or any other thing, mm-hmm. you throw more money or even education, mm-hmm. you throw more money on education or healthcare and make it available to everybody. So right. fine, that's one approach. Okay. Uh, but how about going to the first principles unit economics and really think about why the hell is it so expensive in the first place? So pull up a chair, grab a plate of ideas, and be prepared to join our discussion on many of the issues affecting today's society. He is the biggest problem in this country. If we don't straighten him out, there'll be another one, then another one, then another one. And who's going to take over this country but, but, but know, people of that caliber who's out for themselves? Who's out to make money? Their self-interest is so obvious. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is a production of Bay City Communications and is sponsored by Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com And also Highway Soul Productions, www.highwaysoul.com. And now, another podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre, and we definitely appreciate you being with us and for downloading this episode and for spreading the word to all your friends out there in podcast land. We definitely appreciate it, and we thank you for being with us. And so today, we're going to get down to our discussion meetup. We're taking you guys out to dinner and joining us at one of our favorite local Thai places named Tonglor Thai right there on 4th Avenue, right there in San Mateo. So, Pull up a chair, get ready to join us. We're going to talk about many of the ideas affecting today's society, whether it's AI, whether it's healthcare, whether it's education, whether it's politics, whether it's transportation, whether it's California, whatever the issues that come about, we're going to bring them right now to the table. And so we have a wonderful cast, including Alvin, whose background is in data analytics and is also a statistician. We have Amit, Amit's background is in AI and technology. We have Leonid, who's a researcher, and his background is biotechnology and also in a university setting. We also have Fell, and Fell is a professor and and also has a background in education and real estate. We have Patrick, whose background is also an educator and real estate. And we have myself, whose background is in quality improvement, radio production, and music, and healthcare. So pull up a chair and grab a plate of some of the pad thai and red curry and join us for a discussion of many of the topics of the day that are affecting our society. Until next time, we'll catch you on the next time of Podcasts by the Bay. Stay tuned. Maybe we should start by looking at our Congress and Senate as majority more lawyers. Maybe we should we should limit the amount of lawyers that we have. But think about this. Because remember the way we first started out in our Congress and Senate. We didn't have all these lawyers. They were farmers. They were bakers. They were teachers. Well, you know. But, but I think this goes back to um, one of the things is when you talk about lawyers, you talk about politicians. They're writing these laws to control, right? So they put the word "law" is going to fix this problem by controlling this situation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's in our human nature. If you, if you talk about psychology, people don't like control, right? Nobody likes to be controlled. This is really the resistance, right? So you have a lot of people saying. You're not going to control me. You can't control me. And then you have these other people saying, you're going to control. You have to follow the law. So there's this constant conflict. Well, the other thing is, Andre, is they don't follow the law. They don't follow the rules. Just like when we had Proposition 13 that passed in California. Even though we have passed 13, it said a certain amount of money is going to the cities and schools. Well, guess what? We had to put something on the ballot eight, eight, ten years ago to sue the state to make sure that they gave us our money. So we're not enforcing the rules. But, but let me ask you guys, so you bring up the Proposition 13, and let me ask you guys what you guys think. Why 
if, if, if property investing, right, so when you buy a property, it's one of the best ways to actually create wealth, right? So you're creating this wealth where your money is actually being used for you. Why, as a society, are we still building all kind of apartments right now instead of actually building low housing that people can afford, that people can get in? Many houses. Yeah. Why, why are we focused on building 500 units instead of actually building, you know, houses that people can get into the market. We talk about income disparity, right? We want to solve income disparity. Well, if people can't even create wealth because they're stuck in this rat system, how are they going to get out if they never can buy? Right. Well, the other question is, what is considered affordable? Well, we have, well, yeah, I mean, around here, it's insane, but, I mean, it has to be manageable. I mean, probably $500,000 would be affordable, maybe, you know, for, for the average person. But even then, if you talk about, so I read this McKinsey study, and they're talking about the problem with international development, right? And they said that one of the main problems is that the reason why is because there's no access to capital. People cannot access the capital, right? So, and the reason why, and then I think about here in the Bay Area, how much money do you need for a down payment for a house here in the Bay Area? 20%, right? Who has 20%? Unless, unless you, you know, there's various ways to get it, but on the average middle class person, you're not going to have that, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to have for here in the Bay Area. Now, maybe you go outside the Bay Area, sure, that's, that's a lot more manageable. That's how people go to Texas. Well, here's what I told Andre, and, and, and I agree with Andre's concept, but remember what the developer's done. He's built to the audience that we have. Most of the young people that are coming to work for Facebook, Google, they have no intention of putting the roots into a house. They have their intentions of getting to the next promotion at Apple or getting their stock options or working through. So they're in a younger age, they're not getting married. They're they, between the ages of 18 and 35 or 40. They're just work long hours, work hard things, where there's biotech, software, hardware, security, whatever. So their narrative is, if they can't afford it, why not they can afford the apartments, can't they? Well, that's why they that's have sad. a huge problem right yeah. now where a ton of people are living in RVs right. in a parking lot next to Google campus or something, or even Facebook campus, because they're, they're, mm -hmm. they want their stocks to mature, right. and then you're like, I'm going to buy a home somewhere else. Correct. That's a good and point. I'm working remotely anyway, so I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. So he, he's, he's bringing up a good point. You know, Andre, you got a valid point, too. Do you think if we could bring housing down for an affordable level, that some of these people would, I think the equity makes more sense. You'd have more valued real estate because the more apartments we build in the next recession, all we're going to do is have a dive in rentals. Next recession, you're going to have vacancies of the yin yang. Well, I think one, yeah. of the, one of the problems of also building it, too, is trying to find a company willing to build affordable housing to, like, sell it that cheap. And also, number two, is to find, um, like, materials because then I well, realize you brought this up, right? Well, you brought it up, right? What are the solution, right? Dome? Yeah. The dome, dome houses, houses, right? Yeah. There's all kind of these mm -hmm. Amazon houses, dome houses. Yep. Mm -hmm. There are there are solutions for... So you bring it from other places. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't use materials that are here because mm -hmm. it's too expensive. Okay. Like, like, if you go to Sacramento, the materials are so much cheaper than the area. Sure. Because... There was a study that came out recently. Bay Area had the highest construction cost per square foot. Exactly. Far ahead of New York. I think it was around $450 per But you know where we're getting our labor? We have a shortage of labor in, in California. We're getting our labor from Nevada. We're getting it from Wyoming, Montana, Washington. And, and you know why they're coming Yeah. They're coming out here because... Yeah, yeah, the robot won't need the guys anymore. It's like Tesla, right? Yeah. It's all robots. But isn't that fascinating? We have a shortage of labor. The labor is so bad right now. Well, I, I don't really know if we have a shortage of labor versus or we don't know how to find them. Like, we don't know how to find the cheaper resources. Because, like, the contractor that is remodeling my home right now is coming from Sacramento to come to my place. To so it's not like you can't find them. It's, it's the fact that are we looking? Well, here's one I experienced. Being in real estate for 38 years, if somebody, even a part-time person, not even a contractor, if they're not making five or $10,000, they're not talking to me right yeah. now. They're so busy right now. That's right. And even if I told you, I'll give you 5000 extra, they'll say, no. Yeah. They won't come. They won't even come. 
So we got a shortage. We really do have a big shortage now. I wouldn't, well, you know. I, I'm actually wondering about that too because is it because it's a shortage or is it because they're looking for a certain amount of money that most people that are trying to do these things can't afford it? They just need the labor. You see, if they're calling electricians from Nevada to yeah. come down here, that means Nevada's not that busy. Yeah. So getting back to uh, state level, uh, has anyone uh, gone over the uh, new state budget published by Newsom? Everything looks good. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. Yeah. everything balances out. Yeah. Yeah. There's more money for um, children <coughs> education. Yeah. There's more money for colleges. There's Is he keeping enough in the rainy day fund? Yeah. Early childhood. He's, uh, yeah. he's doing. We're rich. We got a lot right. of money. We're over the budget by billions. So that money's going to also needed housing, affordable care, and needed housing poor people. So he's put in more money to house them and I just hope that money goes directly to those homeless people in the city. Well, I just can't stand seeing these people knocking on my window. Yeah. Car wash. But, but, but is there a, a solution? I heard in San Jose they're trying to actually deal with that, right? They're actually trying to provide temporary housing to get people off the immediate street, right? Temporary housing? Like, they, they have, like, I think it was at San Jose State, there was, like, a parking lot or something. They're, they're going to set up these tiny homes. Yeah, I don't think that's true. But it didn't get approved, right? It didn't get approved. There was, there was, a, there was a concept. But why can't we do that as a society? We recognize, okay, this problem is bigger than us, right? This problem is bigger than we haven't been able to solve it. Newsom looked at it before. Newsom was the mayor of San Francisco. I remember, I was, I was living there, and I remember when he tried to deal with it. And Winnie Brown couldn't do it, and... I think one of the issues is we have to solve the, the real problem, not cover it up by, hey, let's give them a house so they can do it. Well, we got to solve is. the drug problems, the mental illness problems. That's what I'm saying. Is we don't know what back to all first of principles. their issues. Right? There is a whole mm -hmm. spectrum when you talk about a certain segment of population, such as homeless people. There's an entire spectrum, and I hate to say, ranging from people beyond repair who should really be in a medical facility sure. to people who have just uh, you know faced bad luck mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're talented innately they're talented they have skills uh, but they just need a little right. bit of help uh, getting well, out of they're that. just depressed no, no, over I, the whole I, thing i agree yeah. I, I i agree and, and so i think the idea of going to the root of the problem makes a lot more sense right and we should be doing that as a society as yeah. government that's where we should be putting resources well it's uh, just we like, gone to a place that I think it's past that line of, of crisis where it's so significant that we need to be doing that, but also we need to be saying, okay, we need direct action, help people in a more direct way. Biden was the only one that said that what we got to do is we got to get the, the people out of, out of prison that are in there for drugs and crime like that, and we got to take that $60,000 and invest in that yearly to them in some form of rehabilitation. Why but, are we continuing? Because but, the prison unions but, and the courts, but, if, if if the highest percentage of people we have in our prison and jails are drug-related, we have an epidemic that we need to cure, and we need to do I'm, it aggressively. I'm wondering if we could use the housing so, and like doctors and like people to like figure out what's wrong with these. Build people. a village. Well, well so yeah, check this out. Did, did you guys see the video I sent you guys about the psychology behind addiction? So there was a, a TED talk, and a guy and he talked about why people are addicted. And so what they found was that rats, when you give them two, two tubes, right, one full of cocaine and then one full of water, they always go for the cocaine. But they said, well, this study, that makes sense in this limited study, but let's expand the study. So they created a full-on world, right, with all these elements, you know, food, uh, sex, everything they could have as rats, right? So they would live company, um, you know, interaction with other rats. And then they had the cocaine one and then water. None of them. None of them, 100%, did not even, they did not like the, the cocaine, they wouldn't go back. But they found that because they were in that environment, it created an environment oh, which, which, yeah, it actually <laughs> cultivated actual, uh, you know, the benefits. That, and so when you think about our society, where you have all these people addicted on drugs, you know, what are we doing as a society that's missing? And maybe it's the fact that we're not creating a community because we're not caring about each other, right? Right. No, that, that's yeah. a very valid point. Very valid. You know, I mean, they tell you when you want to be successful, hang around successful people. So if these people that are sitting on the homeless are not hanging around the people that are going to influence them in the right area, they're not going to go anywhere. Because they're, they're hanging around with other homeless people. 
for people that do drugs. So we have to set an environment that they, they can get help. Right. The, I think one of the problems is right now is that where do you, you have to build a place that's away from where they're most familiar, which is where they're getting their drugs and all that stuff. But now there is a small percentage, I don't know what the percentage is, of homeless people that don't want any help. Yeah. They, they don't mind occasionally getting a meal, and they don't clean up. They don't want to have anything to do with the shelter. They don't want you to help them. They, they're just that way. Now, I don't know if that's 20%. But uh, the, I guess the question is, then you have to look at that why. Why don't they want this? That's, the, that's the main else? thing, because right. simply throwing money well, at any problem, they were pretty good right now. education, oh, oh, medicine, oh, oh, health oh, insurance, oh. is okay, the worst way to... Yeah, to sort of execute mm -hmm. something if you're serious about it. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg tried to do that with the uh, uh, New York school system in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. He pledged $100 million over there, all right? And they had never seen that kind of money before. Right. And sort of in his own little bubble, he, he thought so much of cash infusion would transform the school district completely. But he didn't really go to the first principles. It was a very, very complicated uh, dynamics uh, underlying that school system. You had a school system that was dealing with, uh, you know, so he gave a hand, had, he gave a handout more than he gave a yeah, solution. Yeah, so he, he had you, you had kids with one dad with, mm -hmm. with a dad in prison. You had all these sorts of issues which were gotcha. you never took those things into account. Really. And you need to. You're right. Otherwise, it's just a handout and it's, it's not a solution. It's just it's yeah. not a solution. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the easy thing to it, do, it just, right? Just throw money at it and hope yeah. it works. It enables a habit. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you've been saying exactly. this all the way long. You got to get to the root of the problem. Exactly. Yeah, so what did they do? Almost forty percent, or I don't know, a large percentage of that went to consultants because the school district had exactly. no clue. Just like our school yeah. district, sorry to say, but we have consultants who say, okay, you know, raise this measure for this much. Right. This is the probability it would pass. How do I use this money wisely? <laughs> yeah. So so they anyhow. <laughs> Which that's what he should have done the whole time. <laughs> It's like that, that would be more important. So we're, we're getting back to the core, and the core is what has caused the problem. Well, that's the thing, is every person has a different issue. You can't say one thing is going to solve it. Well, one, one, one issue, one issue. When you say what has caused the, caused the problem, it's right, like you have to say for whom. Okay, different, different segments, you have problems, I have problems, all our problems are different, and the now they say 20% are vet. They say 20% well, are vets. Well, so that's, vet, why, that's why I was saying that it, what we should be doing is housing with the dedicated people to understand their issues, like medical issues, counseling, like mental issues, like different issues that think, potentially could think, think, think like you, you gave that example of you know Google and the tech companies. Mm -hmm. how, how are they so good at what they do? They understand that one size does not fit all. Right. They segment user population. Right, exactly. His preferences Good are point. different from mine. His so is different from mine. Yeah. So, so it's not rocket science. This they need to come up with a formula it, here. It, it, <laughs> takes, it takes. <laughs> the reason it's hard is it takes a lot of effort on the ground to study those Absolutely. user this, behaviors. Absolutely. But this is a great point because Absolutely. I think what the tech companies do is they don't just say we're going to do this without building into the model that there's adaptability and they're gonna go and build more multiple rendition and there's always updates, right? But what happens right. with laws is law, you, you put the law down and it's kind of stuck until someone says we need to amend this. You said the same thing on healthcare and when you said it to me earlier, we were talking about healthcare. He says, why can't we figure out a program that works with healthcare to standardize an appendix operation or to standardize the effectiveness of, of, of creating any premium that's reasonable that could be balanced across the country and bigger way that is supported. Now, the answer of saying Medicare for all, and I'm, I'm challenging people on the Medicare, I think the Medicare philosophy seems real, but it's bankrupt right now until we get control of the healthcare costs. Well, until we get control of the healthcare but, costs. But part of the, part of the problem with the healthcare costs is you're mixing healthcare with capitalism. And every make, manufacturer of Medicare the medicines and equipment and all that stuff, they have different price structures. So if you're saying you're gonna have the same uh, thing, well, are you gonna standardize equipment? Are you gonna 
Because then if you don't well, they do that, that, But you know, they do that indirectly anyway. Guess what? If the hospital knows they need to make so much on a certain operation, they know what the room's going to cost with the operation. So they're already doing that. The, call, the question is, how do we get it down to a level that is reasonable? The hospital's doing that for profit. Yeah. Don't get you it's capitalism all over. Yeah. There. So if if, if <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, yeah. it's, it's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. But then, if you're trying to use capitalism to to say, oh, make sure everything. No, but what I what I was trying yeah. to say is use the same principles of capitalism to drive costs down. Why do people keep talking about building more housing? Because the theory is economic theory is more more supply would depress prices. So it's, it, that concept applies in everything, right? Same sure. thing in healthcare. More doctors. What? What if you had two x or three x more doctors graduating? It's a conversation. How would that? So it change? is actually working with supply and demand. See, the thing with the insurance companies, their books have never been open. Our government has rules that we will not open their books on their profit. We do not know what they make. I don't know how they figured it's a federal law or, or it's a federal law in the books. We do not know what they make, and they don't have to disclose. Only if they're not public. Yeah, I mean, the public companies have to do have to report yeah. public United yes. Healthcare, and uh, they do have to report. Like UCSF has to. So it must be the private ones then. Yeah, the only private ones that don't have to Yeah. Everything can be solved. Like, if you, I, I believe, if you go to first principles, if there's enough political will, and more importantly, if there's enough patience. And quite frankly, enough outreach also to help the broader population understand why we're doing, what we're doing, uh, how is it going to help people. And the point you brought up is very important, uh, which is the point of migration or mobility between these segments. Because you don't stay in that in one segment forever. With with age, with changing circumstances, you may go from segment A to segment B, and certain rules may not apply to you. Whatever, That's let's right. say subsidies or tax benefits you are getting were eligible when you were homeless, but let's say you took advantage of the system, you got help from the system, you have a job now, but you don't qualify for those same benefits, and that's how it's... Uh, so the, demogra the demographics make a difference, uh, in the background make a difference. So if we're going to create something, we have to create it for the environment that's there. I mean, there, like the problem... Well, like you work on it, you work on it, pharmaceuticals drugs, right? Cancer and things like that. So do you guys specify age populations? How do you guys approach it? Well, it strongly depends on what it is you're making, but yes, you have to specify the population. Otherwise, uh, it won't... Really it won't, that's the funny part, right? Every, every industry, every sophisticated industry you look at takes those things into account, age population or demographic, and then comes up with a treatment plan mm -hmm. that is specific to that group, <coughs> except for government policies. Exactly. For the most part, yes, which yes. is... They, they never have, right? <laughs> this is, uh, this is what the EU government uh, ends up creating stupid for some reason. And I, I think it's not just that with Google, we started understanding the EU capitalist segment. We don't plan, we react, we react to the problem. We don't plan, we don't look futuristic. But well, I think a lot of people plan, I mean, except I, that their plans yeah. have always turned to... I look at this... Uh, Cal, uh, sorry, not Caltrain, but the, the expressway, the, not, no, no, sorry, the 101 express lane project. Right. Uh, yes. right so, yeah. they're going to need three people uh, to travel free on the express lane, otherwise you pay a toll. But guess who? Guess who's going to travel on that the most between San Jose and San Francisco? Tesla drivers. Tesla drivers. <laughs> okay, which is a perfect example of an idea gone completely wrong. And the people who really need help are trying to get to work on time. They don't have time for cartoon because it extends their commuting, so it doesn't help. Well, part of yeah. the communication, and I brought this up too before you at the Google buses, you have the Apple buses, and it says on the bus 120 people less on the road. I've been told that those buses are half full, that it's still a problem. Well, the, the, you, know, you know why they're half full? You'll be surprised. So I, I had a similar discussion recently. The reason why they're half full is because a lot of cities, including our own city, Foster City, or even San Mateo for that matter, we do not have an official policy to work with corporate companies to have a park and ride program. When I try to get to the That's root true. of it, yeah. when I try to get to the root of it, yeah. a company such as Facebook will just say, oh, I have this corporate shuttle, and it's going to... Uh, you know, drop off at the intersection of Hillsdale and Edgewater. Whoever can get there gets on the corporate shuttle. 
and guess what? The, there is first of all there is no parking over there. Second of all, the street parking is limited to two hours. There's no lot where you can park or you'll get towed. So then you start thinking, okay, there's probably a few hundred employees in Foster City who want to take advantage of that. But because you didn't solve that last mile, how do I go from my house to the junction? And by the way, is that junction even the right place to pick up a few hundred? And no wonder you have those buses which are half empty. Well, I had a suggestion, and this is the answer that I got. I talked to Paul. Um, who's the CEO for the Peninsula Jewish Community Center. He has 31 employees that are all in the East Bay. And I says, Paul, wouldn't it be a good idea on the Google or Apple bus to have tap full? Why can't you sit in there? Now, here's what I found out from some of the Apple people. They said, no, it's top secret. Top, se top, se top secret. We can't, and, and insurance. So, well, I, I even though we, that. yeah. Okay. I, we don't I, want I agree. Okay. Here's, here's yeah. another example, okay? Okay. Think about all the different condo or townhouse communities in Foster City and San Mateo. Okay, these, these are high density population uh, type of mm -hmm. projects where in, in a small area you've got a lot of condos, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't cities like Foster City and San Mateo work with these HOAs to, to come up with shuttle programs, okay? Mm -hmm. HOAs will fund it. HOAs are flush with cash and if and so are cities like Foster City and San Mateo. So if you say, hey, every year I'm going to give you a grant of 100 grand or whatever that number is, People will come up with shuttle programs to take you from that condo community to a central park and ride type of location. It can solve a lot of problems. Actually, I, 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 my condo community, actually, we have a shuttle service in the park. So there you go. Or straight and, and to the park. And we have a schedule yeah. of when it happens. Who funds that? It's our HOA. It's your HOA. Oh, that's, that's interesting. See, that's oh, interesting. interesting. Because that's it, there's a huge slew of people in my community that want that don't have a car and they want to Well, here's something interesting in Foster City now that you bring that up. 60% of your streets, your sidewalk and infrastructure are not taken care of by the city. The HOA is responsible. Yeah. It's private property. Private property. Yeah. Private property. And we take care of our own too. Yeah. yeah. You know where to, when I, when I tried to commute to San Francisco, my car broke down. So I needed to catch, catch the Caltrain get to where I worked by uh, Candlestick Point. Caltrain was a block away. So I lived over on Polynesia. Yeah. And so I basically had to rollerblade all the way over to Chess yeah. where the, the pickup was That's because it didn't come That's over right. here. And yeah. I'm like, who would do this normally? Is that before Uber? Yeah, this is before. <laughs> this is probably like seven years ago. But, you know, I guess Uber now is, a, but still, now you got to pay seven bucks just to go down the street, right? It's, it's yeah. a non-trivial amount for such a short yeah. uh, journey. But again, I think, you know, with pooling together resources and good policy at the city level, these things can be accelerated substantially. Well, going back to your point, because in San Francisco, uh, about the whole uh, driving down to, like, Silicon Valley and, and San Mateo and stuff, San Francisco actually has a dedicated spot where Genentech used to uh, always transport people, but they allow anybody that wants to go to South San Francisco to take it. Yeah. But this, this goes well, back. Well, uh, there's also another shuttle bus that takes you all the way down to Silicon Valley, San Jose, yeah. and it has multiple stops. And you just have to show up, take the bus early in the morning, and it will take you to all the different places. But then the problem with Google is that they didn't care about that. They just said, I'm going to take my workers from A to B, and I don't care where I pick them up because okay. they're my workers. So that's why San Francisco got so upset. Because we had dedicated spots for these pickup spots, but you decided to drive through the city when we already have laws in place to say buses are allowed to do certain things, cars are allowed to do certain things, and pickup spots are certain places because they're all going down. Well, the, the question over there is, did, did the people planning that actually reach out to companies like Google, Apple, and say, hey, you know, what pickup spots would make... Uh, after they after did they, after all that. Well, because they never talked to anybody. Google just did it. But shut them down. But exactly. <laughs> this goes to the bigger picture. Why don't we develop a software program that transportation is into? You're, you're, you're pulling a good example. I'm, I pulled the example that you can't go on the Google bus, uh, even though it's half empty. How come we can't integrate our, our transit system? In Foster City, 35% of your traffic is mommy and daddy taking their kids to school. Mommy and daddy taking their kids to school. It, we wouldn't even have the problem if mommy and daddy weren't taking their kids to school. Now, if we had a bus taking it, now that's less wear and tear. 
we have to pay for police and fire, extra police and fire, because people take their kids but to school. But you know why they're taking their kids to school? It costs a thousand dollars for the bus. Well, that's for the high school. On the bus? For a month? No, no, for the for a year. For the year. But that's the narrative that the, the school district balance in their budget. We have to look at they put these mom and dads for wear and tear on the roads. But I mean, I understand what you're saying. I guess it's a thousand dollars per year versus dealing with traffic every day. I wouldn't day. want to deal with the traffic. Back and forth. I, I would happily pay that money to not deal with the traffic on Hillsdale. Yeah, East Hillsdale in the morning. Well, especially morning. when you get into high school territory. Oh, yeah. At least elementary and middle is within Foster City. Yeah. High school territory, you're screwed because you have to take Hillsdale all the way up to either Hillsdale High or Aragon High. Or well, I heard a lot of complaints from the parents. If my kid goes to high school and they're in after-curriculum sports or clubs, they may, parents may, even if they take the bus once, they may have to, mom and dad may have to take the Hillsdale. Or some yeah, no, so there's, up, yeah. there's nothing that can get these young people to do the things they want unless they stay on the campus. Well, I, the other question is, do we separate the age groups that we were talking about earlier? Like, because when you're younger than 13, do you want more protection for those people versus you're in high school, so you're more self-dependent and That's right. you can do more things mm -hmm. because it's like different age groups you want different. Well, here's a big thing. The young people today are not driving. They have a group of young people between the age 18 and almost 30 that are not driving. They, they have no interest in driving whatsoever. Because now they're yeah, they, and scooters. But then the problem yeah. is they don't have the money for it either. Well, they got mommy so and daddy's credit card. Until until that money runs out. Yeah. So, so it's interesting when you bring up the scooters and the bikes. How do you guys feel like are those working in our society? Like the the, the bikes and the scooters are they functioning like they should? Or are they too risky? Or I did a, I did a test drive. I spent like a good uh, three hours or so on one when I was in Seattle. I thought it was fun, but I was actually petrified by how fast it can go and the how much the, the scooter and how much if you don't have good and you can they have no shock absorbers, so you feel every single bump on the road. And my take was it's really easy for somebody to fall off and get hurt. At least when you're riding a bike, you're doing so at a gentler pace. With a scooter, you're going much faster. Uh, that was my personal take. I don't know right. anybody else who's. Uh, well, they say in e they say in ER in the hospitals now they're having more people coming to emergencies because of bikes and because of scooters and skateboards. You know, I was all for it before because I was like, okay, less congestion, great for environment. But then, then I started seeing them like in the weirdest spots, like they're dropping off the track, and you're like. But you know what they're saying? They're saying the narrative for people going to work or going thing is only a couple miles. So they figured that if you take a scooter or you take a bike, you can get there faster than you can in a car. But someone rode the scooter to the Yeah, because they were off the side. Of, so, like two-way traffic for cars. And I was on my hike and I saw these scooters just lying there on the side mm -hmm. leaning against the the railing uh, of the two-way traffic. And I'm like, well, first of all, how'd you get the scooter there? It's like, well, <laughs> why are they right there? I, I, I think autonomous cars are, I should say, compact autonomous vehicles, like a golf cart. Think of a golf cart kind of a thing. Okay. But autonomous, okay, they have a huge role to play within the city level, not at the freeway level. Forget about freeways for a moment. <laughs> Just within city. The reason I say that is it is within every city's power to control the infrastructure, how you stripe the roads, how you paint the roads, and that's what AVs really need to be successful. So if a city like Foster City or San Mateo said, okay, I'm going to make my streets far more friendly for AVs, it brings down the cost of running these vehicles. Just go round and round across all these spots. Why do these things get discontinued? Cost of fuel, cost of driver, cost of maintenance, um, right? And so looking in the future, that could be a very good tool. Well, you know, they do that same thing many years ago, and they still in like Palm Springs or Arizona, where people just drive around in those cars. Yeah. They just yeah. drive around in the, in the electric in the, cars. Yeah. It's easier. I'm a bit worried about them. Yeah. Like, well, what happens? Like, okay, you don't have electrical outlets. Yeah, right. that's right. Like, 
you're, let's say that... Wouldn't be good for that area. Yeah, and let's say that you, you're in a place where there's not much signal, so mm -hmm. it can't know GPS to communicate with other vehicles. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you're also looking at, okay, if it drops me off, let's say I, I rented uh, a Waymo to get me to the mountains, what is it going to do? Is it going to just leave me there? And I can't call back to like drive me back home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, or if I had my own autonomous vehicle and I drove there and there's no signal, how does it get me back home? It, it definitely has limitations. And, and also, like your, what your point is about drawing lines, well, you go to mountains, there's no lines. Which is, which is why what I was suggesting was primarily in not in extreme conditions, within the city level, within within only within city limits, not even freeway limits. And the goal is singularly to get people, think yeah, about like, a, you've been to Disneyland, right? Think yeah. about their shuttle just going right. around. The monorail system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, something of so that. So you have, you have, to, do, you have to develop that according to the topography and the demographics. Which, which makes more sense <coughs> than hyperloop. Right. The whole hyperloop concept. Um, and I was even thinking like pod system with the hyperloop. So, and then that just keeps the whole system going. And you can't do that, you're right, you brought up the terrain. San Mateo can't pull this off in the highlands, wherever there's an incline, but you could easily pull it off in the core, downtown, which is very large. That's why the deserts, it works. The desert's all flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Perfect scenario. But you know, you bring an example, when we had a gas shortage, they were pushing in Foster City to buy those golf carts. Even Costco was selling Costco was selling them. And they were trying to encourage people. Can you see if your mom and dad they, they had a, one of those carts they could take their kids to school. They wouldn't have all these big gas hogs on the road. We've got, they just behind Foster City, we've got that bay trail that connects you yeah. to Belmont. Little secret of Foster City. Yeah. Uh, but imagine what if you could take a golf cart from Port Royal to Belmont Caltrain and move the cart back and yeah, forth. That's or right, or, to, or into the hydroplane boat that's going to be up or there. Or <laughs> in the future, right? Well, but those, those are, I think, some yeah, examples where you could be I, I think partly, though, then you have to limit the cars that are driving with them. Or dedicate roads for that purpose for now. Well, you gotta, you got to do what San Jose did, which didn't work at first. San Jose downtown made it so you couldn't drive a car down certain streets. You so had to take public yeah. track. You had to take it. It's a pretty good idea yeah. to make some streets just pedestrian only. Right. Now, the only downside to it, what they found out in the economy, like your lawyer's office or your state farm, people weren't able to get to park their cars, and they weren't willing to take it. So only certain types of businesses would work in that area that you had to take public transportation. Not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. It'll yeah. cause some shuffling of commercial tenants from one place right. to the other. But I think the pros sort of far out. I would, I would love for there to be some, you know, pedestrian-only street, like a downtown type of concept. I'm in kind of wondering, like, like countries like Amsterdam or something, where they do bikes and stuff. Like, how do they balance that? Like, how do they what? How do they balance like cars and bikes? And because uh, cars, I think shared cars are too expensive. Shared shared necessities. The U.S. pays the lowest amount of dollars per gallon. Go anywhere else in the world. You mm -hmm. can go into the politics of the U.S. wars and whatnot. I won't get into that. But there's a reason why we pay so low for gas. Rest of the world. But you bring up a good point too. Think about from the time. Every time you watch a sports game, whether it's soccer, uh, football, basketball, what do they show? Car commercials. They are pumping car commercials. I watched the basketball finals, the NBA finals. It was like every time they went to break, there's a car, like two car commercials, every one. They pump it in that you're expected that the American dream is to buy a car. Mm -hmm. Get on the road. Every year. Every year. And now they even make it patriotic. Yes, you know, with the American flag over there, yes. as yep. if the most patriotic thing you could do on 4th July yes. is go to a Chevy dealership and buy a silver car. Buy a Chevy dealership and buy a Union-made car. Union, yeah. Chevy, yeah. You know what's even crazier is that they said that SUVs are the number one bought vehicle in the That's right, it is. And it's the most gas guzzling. It's like, well, except that they're electric. No, they're hydrogen. What about the driverless car? You think that's coming in? Because they said that's already oh, that's, around. That's already. They're already testing that. Yeah. Waymo is supposed to be in California pretty soon to drive. Sorry, go around. Really? There we have the. I think the, the 
they're allowed to do it next year? But, but, but here, here's a question. So regarding AI, if humans have the most difficult time making decisions and ethical decisions, how are robots going to do it, right? What do you mean? Robotically. <laughs> well, I, I mean that everybody <laughs> have a difficult time making. No, yeah, they just, they just well, get it done. Well, the robots that that are substituting humans are there because people don't know how to, I guess, be intimate or share so, feelings because our whole society right. is becoming so technical, mechanical. Right. So we have separated the one word. It's called emotional intelligence. There we now, go. Now there's no there's no word emotional intelligence in a robot. None. That's a good point. Well, actually, yeah, that can be both different. That can be what is bad, right? Yeah. In there are certain decisions where your emotions can actually make the wrong decision. Yeah, make make the wrong decision because you're swayed by all your biases and whatnot. So it's it's good. I mean, that's that's it's good for a robot robot to make that kind of decision. There's many other scenarios where lack of emotional intelligence well, can have a, a, a ripple effect and do something really. Let's talk about it. two levels of it. There's a thing called yeah. emotional intelligence too. This is your well, um, Which emotional intelligence is not dealing it with an emotion. It's a level of your experience I'm, with stuff. I'm going to take a little bit further because okay. emotions by itself, it doesn't mean anything. But then once you become self-aware, mm -hmm. that's where everything That's emotional intelligence. Self-aware that you right. actually exist. Okay. Um, versus like, oh, you're happy, you're sad. You know? be because once you're self-aware yeah. of something, then that becomes a, a bigger problem because then you feel... Then you can feel threatened by something, right? Just like humans feel threatened every time, um, like something uh, intrudes on your life, like like we're talking about AI right now, mm -hmm. uh, or it could be someone's about to hit you with a car mm -hmm. or whatever. But you feel threatened, so then then it becomes life. Like, do I preserve myself right. or do I um, do I? Submit to whoever, right? So it's either self-preservation or help somebody else. Well, once you go to the emotion or the artificial intelligence, you take out that emotional intelligence and that emotional making decisions. Well, well, that's the thing is, even if you feel, Let me see if I can grab yeah, that. sure, go ahead. We'll just put it here because it's probably pretty hot. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but then keep in mind, it's not about emotion; it's about self-preservation and sometimes self-preservation has nothing to do with um, emotion mm -hmm. it's just either I survive like or not oh yes thank you I think we spend a lot of time thinking about all the things that are going to change it's equally important to think about what are some of the fundamental things that are not going to change no matter what People are still going to need a good health care. People are still mm -hmm. going to have a need to be transported from country. Mm -hmm. And so many other things. Right? Let you so, 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 so that's a great point, health care. Sorry, everybody. We, I think everybody can agree with health care. Everybody should have health care. Right. right. Everybody should. Yeah, How do we make that happen yeah. in a way that works in the, in, with the system we have? Right? How, how do we how do we yeah. make that happen? You want to get this? No, you have to. You can't solve oh, the problem. Okay. You can't solve the problem without looking at looking at it from a first principles perspective. The the narrative that is sort of constantly pushed around, be it healthcare or any other thing, mm -hmm. you throw more money or even education. Mm -hmm. You throw more money on education or healthcare and make it available to everybody. So right. fine, that's one approach. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but. How about going to the first principles, unit economics, and really think about why the hell is it so expensive in the first place? Okay. When, when yeah. sort of Elon Musk started to, you know, put Tesla together, he literally ripped apart a car and part by part, he's like, okay, let me study the unit economics of mm -hmm. this. Okay. And then you sort of come at interesting insights. Do we have an imbalance between supply and demand? Uh, is the American Medical Association throttling the number of physicians who can graduate every year because 
less supply, more demand means, right? So that's an important thing to keep in mind because you can't, if you simply throw money at the problem, there is every incentive in the institutions to absorb that money and keep raising rates higher and higher and at the end of it then you've not solved. Well, but you, know, you bring a valid point up. In, in what happened with the medical profession a number of years ago, a lot of the doctors, probably 30 or 40 years ago, they changed from being medical doctors to specialists because it cost them so much to go to medical school that what they, what they did is they knew they needed to be a specialist, whether a plastic surgeon, a heart, a brain. So I think we have to reward people to become doctors in a little bit better way to be general practitioners. And the same thing about what you said, right? Why is it so expensive to get educated? The United States has one of the best mm -hmm. university systems. Uh, yeah, systems. Why? Why is it getting more and more costly? It's that's the reason we're the best. It's the cost of uh, educating massive. But you know what? That's it. But you know what? There's been a proposal, right? And I think there was a. Uh, Did she get the seafood yet? No, she hasn't brought the seafood or the veggies here. But, but here, here's something. I was thinking about this. Yes, there's there's this idea of free education for all, right? Writing off everybody's student debt. Now there's right. a lot of backlash on that, right? People feel like, well, I've already paid mine. Why right? should sure. somebody else get a free ride? Right. I've already spent a hundred thousand dollars, right? I was thinking about this. I think instead of higher education costs, we focus on the junior college, right? So the so the first two years are free. Also, the early childhood education. Yeah, sure. Up to five oh, yeah, absolutely. Free. Yeah, that, that should be free. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, the, yeah, there's great studies the showing time, that. Though, yeah. If you're going to do that for our junior like junior college, the, one of the problems is that people have to pass their classes and move on. Because one of the biggest problems is people are staying there for too long. Junior college? Yeah. Well, here in this county, it's a joke. They're not really serious about it. Exactly. Those are what they call students who want to extend high school another year or two. Well, I've got a professor that teaches at Skyline. She teaches English as a second language. Mm -hmm. Predominant students are Asian. Yeah. It, it, it costs the student $50,000 a what? year by the time they're finished with their, with their courses. The junior college? Junior college. That's amazing. Well, they're not U.S. citizens. Right. Okay. They're not U.S. citizens. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, so from the college's aspect, it's money to them. Right. So they may not want that. But yeah. I don't think that makes sense. But because they're funded by taxpayers. But you know what the junior college is set up for? This is what my professor used to tell me. She says it's set up for the ones who can't get into Ivy League school. And their parents are loaded, and they write checks. I had two that rented an apartment. None of the kids have jobs. Mom and dad gave them an income of sixty or $70,000 a year. Well, and they were going to junior college. And some of them were funky. And what it, the value for them, just to get a college degree, is big. That's why I think that partly what Andre's saying is that we probably should give three for like two years. But if you're going to stay after that, then you should get charged. So I know we probably got to get going here, but I do want to ask you guys one, one last question. Yeah. This was at the Democratic debates. They asked each of the candidates, what was the most important issue that's happening and how should we deal with it? I think we should try to figure what, that out. What's the question? What's most important issue on the table right now. Yeah. For our nation, for our state, for our locality. Finish the food. Yeah, finish it up too. So what's the most important issue that's happening in our society right now that we need to deal with, and how should we really approach dealing with it? Okay, you, you started off. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a very tough, and it was just when you watch the candidates answer, I think they were kind of blindsided by it. But I think there's a couple things. I think the guns, we have to deal with the guns because yes. this is an urgent thing. People are getting you know, shot out every day. Mass shootings, it's unacceptable Good. across the board. Good answer. Um, but also I think this, our societal um, you know, ability to, we're gonna, we're gonna, as a society, I think we're bringing ourselves down with, yes. with really the income inequality and just how we're operating. I mean, here we have some of the greatest wealth here in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, yet we're also next to some of the, the most the poorest of the yeah, poor. Poverty conditions for people, and people are 
killing themselves. Yeah, they're killing themselves to live. And so until we start addressing these, like you guys are talking about, like you guys are talking about, going to the root causes, understanding what's happening, and, and really coming up with strategies that are specific, we're never going to really address these issues. So, so number one is healthcare or guns. I think I think we got to. I mean, Eric Swalwell said this. He said the guns, and I do think that the guns right now in our society have to be dealt with. And you, what's your number one? I, I don't have a good feeling for the whole country because for the what? In California, right? So I don't have a feeling for the rest of the country. It's, uh, and I think it also depends, like, on, uh, in, on our particular circumstances of each individual person, right? Uh, I. Like out here, I get the sense that the most uh, uh, pressing issue is this incredible. Um, uh, I, I I have a feeling that California is separating into the very rich and the very poor. Yes, obvious. I, I think that's the most important issue. Now, maybe in the high it will be very different. In fact, I'm sure it is. I don't know about that. I I think. Even though, yeah, like what, what Lena said, it's like, I don't really know about the other states. I don't even really know about California. But even even that, it's like, I think one of the most important issues right now is diverse education, uh, especially in the skill sets that are necessary for the future. Because right now, I don't, I don't know what kind of education they have in other states, but, or any at all. And I think that they need to increase those education. Yeah. Because yeah. I even know in Nevada, they're not focused on like software engineers or or like uh, engineers in general, like to even like maintain robots like Tesla factory or something where where they're not creating jobs exactly uh, for the for what Nevada is known for. We're not focusing on education. So they need to re-educate or give new education to the population. To be able to go to the future, prepare for the future. So you we, say education, yeah. but we talked about that though. Remember, I think we talked about how America, when we need to retool our education. So that's a good point. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I put it put it in the bucket of investing in your people, which is primarily education and providing a path towards mobility, where people from the lowest strata of society. Uh, they know that if they if they study, if they have tools available to them, they can they can make use of that and and move up. I I, I believe by and large Americans are not a class of people that generally likes handouts or subsidies or somebody throwing the paycheck. Sure, sure. They 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 want sure everybody wants help at different times in their life. They want to get that help beyond their own feet and move up. And I think the best way to do that. Is through uh, is through education in it in all its forms, starting from early childhood care to make sure you know kids grow up in the right way, they develop their mind in the right way, uh, going all the way up to university and college. I think a country with uh, a highly educated workforce is is best set up for the future. It doesn't matter whether AI comes or whatever the next wave comes, lesser diseases, lesser opioid addictions, and so many other things. Sorry, you were saying something. No, no, no. I was just asking a question. Is there a good example we can look towards that would be, like, ideal? Like, 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 is there a country that's kind of doing it on a level we should kind of... Sweden. No, Sweden. I was actually just right. going to say Sweden. They're, they're more advanced. I was actually going to say Sweden. But 80% of your income goes to the government. Social. It's That's the extreme social society. For me... Oh, you're next. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. oh, who do you want to? Okay. Go? So the biggest issue in this country is POTUS. What? POTUS. Oh. <laughs> As President Jimmy Carter had said at a PBS interview, they asked President Carter, "Was is is Trump a legitimate president?" He replied, "What did he reply?" He said, "No, he's not, because all the agencies and government sources all attest to the fact." I hate to say it, that the Russians engineered his victory. And because that was not done by the American people, our democracy was compromised. Remember, he didn't win the popular vote. He only won in five, six states. 
And that's where they put all the ads. That's where they influence that one to two percent that sway the votes in his favor. Well, now, I, don't, I, 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 I don't want to go let back to the chat. Let me finish. But, but he is the biggest problem in this country. If we don't straighten him out, there'll be another one, then another one, then Good another point. one. And who's going to take over this but, country? But, but people of that caliber who's out for themselves. Who's out to make money? Their self-interest is so obvious. Look at the people but, he's but, put but in think, the cabinet. But think about it. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I hear what you're saying, but the way the United States government and our constitution is set up is you have enough power to influence things of that course. you deeply care about at the local and at the state level. Yeah. So a lot of things that we're talking about currently, about education, about healthcare. Yes. California has the budget today, California has the political will today to solve many of those things sure. yes, without you having yes. to worry about how 49 other states are doing it. Yeah. Right. So those are representatives yes. who you directly vote for, who are answerable to you. Right? Yeah. So I don't want yeah. people to get discouraged thinking, oh, just because we don't control things at the federal level, it's a lost cause. And I think the United States is exceptional just in terms of how the framing uh, founders have set this system up where it's been decentralized all the way to the city level. Sure. Uh, and so I, so I think there's a lot of uh, positivity uh, uh, to take away. No, 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 it's also decentralized at the federal level. There yeah. are branches of the government. Yeah. Uh, so, so fortunately, in this country, the president does not have nearly as much power as in many other places. Of course, he has one third, but he actually has it. He's trying to. He's trying to get. Well, he has a supreme court on his side. Yeah. Let me. Let me kind of go okay, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to take the word human rights, and I'm going to say that that's going to encompass everything, education, health care. And I think we've got to look at the broader aspect with the centralized government. If the government can show that they can deliver, or that president can deliver health care, um, uh, education, um, tax breaks, whatever that may be, that means it's bringing everybody together, that's going to be more well-received. Now, are we going to just continue to educate people on their pocketbooks? Are we going to continue to educate them on what, what we need in the country, which is health care, which is education, which is jobs? And we got to deal with the, the guns. But the problem is we have to change our mentality. Instead of thinking about number one, mm -hmm. that we have to think about everyone. Right. But that's the hardest thing. That is thing the to hardest thing to do in a exactly. country that the exactly. entire right. narrative but is built around take care of yourself first because the government ain't yeah. going to take care so of you. That's right. why I'm saying that might be a hard because everyone thinks I need, I want more. Than that guy or yeah. the next guy. Yeah. But isn't that about isn't that about education though? Isn't that really? I, that is in my that is there is a part of it that is a, a, an engine that drives the country forward. That hunger, that desire, that I right. want to be. I want to do something that has not been done before. I want to do something that is asymmetrical. I want to go to the moon. I want to go to the moon. That's what right? we yeah. Why go, go to the moon uh, and not do all the all the other things because it's hard. <laughs> Remember, July 20th is the 50th anniversary of, what? of the flight of the moon. 1969. 1969. Wow, you remember that? Yeah, I remember watching on the television. I was 16. I was, uh, you believe that happened? Because I saw that James Bond movie, Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> they had a little stage where they were filming the astronauts. It made me open my mind and go, that looks just like the well, landing on the moon. There was, uh, <laughs> there's some guys on YouTube that show you how it is real because you, you can't fabricate the lighting to melt. Yeah, like with all the during that time, I how know. could you fabricate? I know you can do it today. It's, it's impossible. It, it's just and the fact that you have two shadows instead of one. Well, we're right. We're right at two hours. We're signing off with podcast by the bay. We got Phil, and this is Patrick, Mitt, Phil, Patrick, Alvin. Thank you again for everybody's participation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. You can contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Podcast by the Bay is a production of Bay City Communications and is sponsored by 
Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com And also Highway Soul Productions. www.highwaysoul.com You can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast by the Bay as our handle, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast by the bay. And remember, you can listen to any of our episodes anytime on any podcast site. Until next time, stay tuned. <music>